Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, A Predestined Conversation, where two theology majors discuss soteriology. Is God a schizophrenic or a cult leader? We are your hosts, Vince the Chick and Jeremy Denelian. Today, we will be introducing the topic of Calvinism versus Arminianism and going over the history of both original theologies. Jeremy, I want to first talk about a basic overview of the theology of a modern Calvinist. So, modern Calvinism, separate from classical Calvinism, is la- like after uh, John Calvin and after his sons, uh, it's what people tend to ascribe to nowadays. Usually, people summarize it by citing the acronym TULIP. Because uh, it, it, uh, the whole number of books that John Calvin wrote are like 300, 500 pages, and there are multiple volumes of them. Um, so it's really helpful to symbolize, sim, uh, symbolize it into an acronym. Uh, the acronym is T, is TULIP. If it goes T for total depravity. And that's the idea that we are so surrounded, so ingrained in this sinful, fallen world. It's like, it's like original sin, but on steroids. It's the idea that you cannot choose God anymore. Like, you're so corrupted and twisted by sin that you don't even have the option to. It's just out of your control. And so original sin says we need God to first extend his hand for us to even have the choice. Um, that's the T in TULIP. That's total depravity. Uh, then we have unconditional election. Uh, unconditional election is the view that God chooses certain individuals for salvation Um and that it's granted to those people. It's, to them, it's unconditional. It's not required um, of any other modifying term. Um, and that's very uh, different to Arminians who have a different view of that. But it's, it's very important because they have conditions uh, in Arminianism and, un- and it's unconditional in Calvinism for their second point. And that's their U in TULIP. Um, the L is limited atonement. Um, It's basically saying that the death of Jesus Christ is sufficient for the sins of the world, but it only applies to those that he saved, he predestined. Um, And a lot of people give a lot of heavy pushback to that. Um, There are multiple verses cited. It can get very heavy with um, Calvinist and Arminius debates a lot of the time. Then you have irresistible grace. Irresistible grace uh, is saying that as a Christian, you cannot reject God. If God says you're going to be saved, you will be saved, and takes the power away from your free will choice. Um, And that's at least, unless you don't believe you have a free will choice or a free will that's strong enough to resist God. Um, And that goes along with predestination because Calvinists, most of the time when they say predestination, they usually mean predestination without the ability to resist, without the free will to say no to God. Um, And finally, you have perseverance of the saints. Perseverance of the saints is the idea that Christians will um, be saved no matter what. If they leave behind God, if they reject the church, if they even if they burn the church down, if they were chosen by God um, as one of the elect, they are going to be saved no matter what. Um, And that's the P into a perseverance of saints. So that's tool.
This is great, Jeremy. Do you want to start going over some history on Calvinism and what had this theology take off? Well, so first fun fact, Calvinism started out in the early 1500s. Um, the historical tradition of Calvinism starts in like the late 1560s. Um, Martin Luther had just died, so we didn't get into his era, but it was a, a, a side effect of the Protestant Reformation. Um, earlier Christianity had dealt with uh, questions about like where does free will relate to God's sovereign authority, and this is what Calvinism and Arminianism is about, the question of how much responsibility do we put on salvation as God's fault and how much salvation, responsibility of salvation do we put on uh, ourselves. Um, and so in the first, sorry, the second council of Orange in the sixth century, uh, it was like, we didn't have full doctrinal Calvinism. We didn't have full doctrine Arminianism. So it was a, it was a mix between semi-Pelagianism and Augustinianism um, and semi-Augustinianism. And Augustus was like the pioneers, the per, one of the first people who created um, uh, at least the, or made popular the concept of original sin. Um, and the council concluded that the concept of um, irresistible grace and that God immediately chooses us was completely rejected. So in that way, they were semi-Augustian um, or Augustinian. Um, that was like 1538, sorry, 500, sorry, 500, first, fifth century, fifth century, fifth century, 538. What ends up happening is down the line about a thousand years later, John Calvin comes along and he reads multiple verses mainly Romans 8 and Romans 9, and he gets uh, tulip from that, at least modern-day Calvinists get tulip from that. Um, most Calvinists um, are not classical Calvinists. Um, classical Calvinism comes mostly from uh, John Calvin's uh, adopted son. He was the one who inherited his estate, his, his works, um, and he's the one who molded Calvinism into tulip as it has today. Um, later along the line, like 50 years, because John Calvin and Jacobus Arminius were contemporaries by four years. Um, four years before Calvin died, Jacobus was born. Um, and Jacobus was Dutch Reformed. John Calvin was French. Uh, what ends up happening is John Calvin writes his doctrine. It becomes mostly, if not a wholly accepted, um, if not a bit nerdy. Not everyone was getting into it because there were Lutherans. Um, who tended to form, later on they formed single predestination, um, but it wasn't like a whole concurrent a group yet because Martin Luther had recently just died. Um, and then like 17th century, uh, Jacobus Arminius comes along and he's Dutch. He says, uh, he doesn't, he likes the emphasis of free will, but he doesn't like the, the, the concept. He, he reads it and he's like, this makes God the bad guy. He sees how it says predestined, but he completely ignores Romans 9, or at least his conscience ignores Romans 9, and he says, I have to emphasize God's mercy rather than his sovereignty. And so whenever you talk with modern-day Arminianists and modern-day um, Calvinists, they end up mostly debating on how dare you say God is not sovereign to do this, and how dare you say that God is immoral, because... 
most Arminians think it's an immoral way to categorize God. Uh, and most Calvinists feel it's an affront to God's sovereignty. So when people are asked the question about the logical question of evil, the Calvinists will say, oh, 100%, that's just because of God's sovereignty. Um, and uh, Arminians will say, because God is good and he gives us free will. It's very interesting. Um, and then, but Jacobus, he decides, let's emphasize God's mercy, and he, he changes predestination and emphasizes foreknowledge. Um, but they're very similar. Most of the doctrines were very similar. And that'll be it. All right, now let's switch gears. Hopefully everyone is still with us. I want to now talk about a basic overview of the theology of a modern Arminian. Okay, so modern Arminianism tends to have their own five counterpoints to um, Calvinism. It goes uh, partial depravity instead of total depravity. They say, uh, we live in a fallen world, yes. We have original sin, yes. But we do not have the inability to choose God. We have the ability to say yes to God. That's uh, partial depravity. Then they hold to conditional election, which is that um, every single person uh, is selected based on his foreknowledge for those who believe. Um, basically emphasizing the foreknowledge in, Ro in the book of Romans. Then we have limited atonement in Calvinism, but we, in Arminianism we have unlimited atonement. The idea that God died for everyone and it's effective for everyone, not just the elect, because that's the way Jacobus read the Bible and understood the Bible. Uh, then we have resistible grace, which is the idea that as Christians, we can resist God calling us to be saved. Um, and that's very contrary to irresistible grace, which says we are not able to say no to God. Resistible grace says we are no to say God to his gift of salvation. And finally, we have conditional salvation, which is the believer can turn away from God, um, and they're not guaranteed to come back at the end of their life, unlike preservation of the saints. And that's uh, the theology of Arminianism. Sweet. So let's now talk about Arminian history. So Arminianism, as we currently know it, at least classical Arminianism, started in like the early 17th century, the 1640s, 1630s. Um, and it was actually very much like considered a heresy early on. Many people, once his teachings got out, threw his uh, his reputation out the window um and then after he died and his works finally got published um people were like oh no he's fine he's fine um this is very similar to what happened to plagian early in his career um but he uh was not he, he was this fellowship in the short time he was not our jacobus arminius uh his beliefs get founded they get published um He's already dead at the time, but it starts becoming tolerated in uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Dutch uh, Netherlands. Um, and it just then takes off. And a bunch of uh, English, Swiss, and German Protestants all hear about his rhetoric um, early on purely because uh, all the Protestants were sticking together, even though not all of them uh, agreed with Jacobus Arminius. And it then took off 
Um, and now it's a debate most, if not all, theater majors will hear at least about once. Um, but it's very complicated. Um, that'd be the history of Jacob of Hermanus and Arminianism. All right. I hope this wasn't too much content to absorb in a short amount of time. I pray this has helped our listeners become more confident in understanding the soteriology differences of Calvinistic and Arminian theology. I want to now pray for each of our listeners. I'll close with a word of prayer. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would solidify what was taught in this lesson. I pray, God, that you'd bless each of our listeners. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you would honor um, each of uh, their prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, yeah, God bless each of you guys. We'll catch you all in the next episode.